music streaming arrived and completely dominated in the past decade. Music streaming platforms are the go-to way for indie artists or self-producing artists to present their music without incurring on high costs with CD printing and the sort, like you had to do back in the day, not even 20 years ago. Artists on major music labels first looked at music streaming with a certain disdain. It was not certain they'd earn money and then, when knowing the payout for each stream, it sounded like mission impossible to earn money. Popular artists do make money off of their music on streaming platforms. After all, millions of streams earn them a decent pay. But what about those, the artists that didn't go viral and aren't insanely popular? What about Seiyuu artists that only in the last five years have been putting their music on those platforms? Do they make any money? Let's kick off this episode of Seiyuu Lounge. Welcome to Seiyu Lounge, I am your host Vanessa, and today's topic is Music Royalties for Male Seiyu Artists, Music Streaming. Streaming has turned into something as natural for people as, a couple of years ago, purchasing a physical CD was. The ease with which you now can have music available for free to listen to wherever you go and whenever you want without the hassle of having to go to a record store to purchase it, is something that people nowadays take for granted. At the same time, it erases a bit of the magic of going to a store, wishing the CD was still in stock, finding it and holding it in your hand with a big smile on your face as you made your way to the cashier. I am a bit nostalgic about this. Many were the CDs I purchased at record stores and the feeling of getting a copy for myself is something I don't have nowadays. Call me old, but when I went to Japan in 2019, as soon as I entered Tower Records in Shibuya, I was overwhelmed with enthusiasm and nostalgia. I had a list of CDs I wanted to purchase, and I took my sweet time going through each section, finding new artists, reading their comments on their new music, checking new music by my favorites and simply enjoying the whole nostalgic vibe that is going to a record store. I believe some of you may not feel the same. Either because you're from a younger generation and music streaming has always been your thing, or you are indeed from my generation or older, but you don't like owning CDs and actually prefer to have digital copies of your favorite music instead. Of course, that's all a matter of preference. I am, however, well aware that walking into a local record store here in Portugal, for example, I would never, ever come across music by Japanese artists, much less Seiyuu artists and 2D groups. Europe, in general, is not that fond of music not performed in English or Spanish, and here in Portugal, the music industry is so bad and weakened 
that record stores only follow what is trendy instead of covering music from various regions in the world, performed in different languages and of different music genres. So yeah, without music streaming services, most likely I wouldn't be talking about Seiyu music as much as I do. Of course, I came into contact with Seiyu music in 2009-2010, but it wasn't because I purchased the music. I listened to it as the intros or endings to the anime series I was watching at that time. I then started purchasing the CDs of the artists I enjoyed, but I could never purchase all CDs by all the CU artists and 2D groups I love. That would be overkill to my wallet. Music streaming arrived and erased those costs for many of us that were or are not that well off and still want to listen to the music we love through legal ways, helping our favorite CU artists survive in the industry. However, does music streaming actually help CU artists? Is it a reliable, solid source of revenue for them, or is it just a way to get more exposure? Just how much do CU artists earn from music streaming? That's quite the blank for many of us. Especially as there isn't enough information out there about gross earnings by CU artists or any format of their music, be it physical or digital. With that in mind, and once again because I geek about this quite a lot, let's try to understand how much money CU make off of music streaming. A couple of notions before kicking off this episode for real. How much an artist earns from streaming depends on various factors, all playing a role into raising or lowering the royalties the right holders get. What are the factors that affect how much a CU artist earns? The streaming platform, because each streaming platform has different rates per stream. How much the song was streamed? Believe it or not, royalties are less if half the song was played instead of played in full. The type of account the fan uses. For example, streams from users on Spotify with a free account pay less to the artists than of those that have a premium account. And then there's the pay per stream rates in each country. Local streaming rates apply to the music of Seiyu artists. So, for example, if your country barely pays one cent per stream, that's the rate that the CU artist will receive from each play from you. For purposes of this episode, let's keep things simple. The streaming platforms are Spotify and YouTube. I'll assume the streams and views numbers refer to full streams and views. The money that will be calculated for each song will have into account how CU artists usually earn, all things considered, 10% of royalties over their music. It's basically 10% for performers, 15% for singer-songwriters. And let's not go specific on a country and instead analyze this generically just for you to have an idea of how much Seiyu artists can earn off of music streaming. Now that you've got those notions, let me explain what I did. 
I picked five examples of songs performed by some of the CU artists that I have on heavy rotation in my playlists. So this episode leans heavily into the music I follow within the CU industry. Those five songs are performed by CU artists, which include solo artists, CU units, bands, and 2D groups. I used the data provided on Spotify on how many streams that song has, plus I checked if the song has an official music video and analyzed those views as well. I welcome you to do the same exercise with your favorite music and, with that in mind, I leave in this episode's description a link to a website in which you can do your simulation of how much money your favorite song may be making for your favorite CU artist. Note that the website in question only shows estimates and don't forget, these are gross earnings, not exactly what the CU artist will receive in the end. The songs I analyzed are Old Codex with Follow the Graph, Soma Saito Palette, Mamrumiano with How Close You Are, Trigger with Daybreak Interlude, and You Make with Pride. So let's see how much money these songs and their performers or singer-songwriters earned with them so far. Old Codex with Follow the Graph. I kick off with Old Codex, band that is a favorite among anime fans. The name Old Codex is a synonym of high throttle punk rock music with hardcore and new metal influences. The band is fronted by Tatsisa Suzuki, popular seiyuu with one of the most powerful singing voices among seiyuu. Old Codex's Follow the Graph, however, is not your typical song by the band. It changed completely their sound, is more emotional without the aggression and carries more weight than their previously released songs. So it was bound to perform worse than the songs that shared that high-octane sound that many love in cattle rhythm, deal with or aching horns. Follow the Graph is one of the band's best songs and I was actually surprised at how bold the band was by choosing it as the leading track for their album. They wanted to showcase their growth as a band, songwriters, performers and individuals. But how did it fare on Spotify and YouTube? A bit over 30,000 streams on Spotify and a bit over 50,000 views on YouTube. Does this sound like a lot or little to you? I'd say in comparison with how many streams and views their popular songs Cattle Rhythm and Aching Horns have, these are not many streams. So yeah, the song didn't perform that well among fans of the band. How much money could Follow the Graph have earned them so far on Spotify? Around $120 or 112 euros. And on YouTube? Around $90 or 83 euros. Both royalties together and... Old Codex can't even purchase a decent electric guitar. Yep, and their 15% take on those royalties is 
$32 or 29 euros. That's what the band gets in streaming royalties of Follow the Graph. Soma Saito with Palette. One of the biggest and most impactful rock singles released in 2020 was Soma Saito's Palette. The Brit rock inspired rock tune tugged at your heartstrings as Saito delivered one of the most heartfelt performances in his career as a solo artist. Guitars screamed, drums pounded, the vocals were somber and raw. Palette is underappreciated yet such a terrific rock song. So how did it fare on Spotify and YouTube? A bit over 63,000 streams on Spotify and a bit over 100,000 views on YouTube. Are these big numbers? Yep, for Saito these are big numbers. Having to account that his music video is not a full version because Sacre Music keeps on insisting that short versions are what people want to watch. But yeah, these are solid numbers for Saito. How much money could Paulette have earned him so far on Spotify? Around $250, which are 236 euros. And on YouTube, around $178 or 165 euros. <sighs> At least Saito can purchase an entry-level electric guitar with that money, but let's take away all the royalties that other entities are entitled to and see how much he earns as a singer-songwriter. 15% of $428 or 401 euros is $65 or 60 euros. That's... Thank God people purchase his CDs because with 60 euros you barely can put food on the table for two weeks. Mamoru Mienu with How Close You Are. Next one up is Mamoru Mienu, the most popular seiyuu artist among male seiyuu and a superstar of his own right. Miano has strong streams and views numbers. Miano is a performer and occasionally lyricist for his music, so the royalties percentage that he usually earns is around 10%. How Close You Are is still one of those songs that makes chills run down my spine, even after years since its release. Its chill-out, minimalistic sound is a big contrast from the usual fanfare in Miano's EDM-filled pop music. So how did it fare on Spotify and YouTube? A bit over 280,000 streams on Spotify and a bit over 830,000 views on YouTube. Those are massive numbers that put Miano on the same level as J-pop stars. And you'll think these numbers can easily pull a lot of money for Mamo. Yeah, about that. How much money could How Close You Are have earned him so far on Spotify? Around $1,200, which is 1,100 euros. And on YouTube, around $1,500 or 1,400 euros. On a first look, that's a lot of money. 
However, Mamo only earns 10% of that in royalties, so it's $270 or 250 euros. That's five times less the money that you need to pay rent in an apartment in Tokyo. Five times less. Are you starting to understand that this is a frustrating exercise, aren't you? Trigger with Daybreak Interlude Trigger have, under their belt, one of the most iconic records in the CU industry. They were the very first 2D unit featuring an all-male Seiyu cast to reach number one on Oricon's weekly albums chart. That feat was possible with Regality, the group's first full-length album released in 2017, album that includes Daybreak Interlude. This song is a massive hit. Extremely popular with fans of the Idolish 7 franchise and even outside of it. With one insanely skilled lineup consisting of Soma Saito, Wataru Hatano, and Takuya Sato, Trigger have established themselves as one of the most talented and popular 2D and 2.5D groups. Daybreak Interlude is quite the impactful song. Even for those that didn't follow the game's story, it was a song that hit hard in the feelings. And it was one of the most electrifying instrumentals that I've ever come across within 2D music. So how did it fare on Spotify and YouTube? A bit over 349,000 streams on Spotify and a bit over 1.9 million views on YouTube. These are intimidating numbers that show just how popular Trigger are and at the same time how impactful the song was and still is for fans of the group. Certainly with these numbers the CU can get quite a nice cut in royalties, you think? How much money could Daybreak Interlude have earned them so far on Spotify? Around $1,400 or €1,300. And on YouTube, around $3,500 or €3,200. This is, for sure, the highest revenue you have in this episode. Trigger earned so far $4,900 or €4,500 in royalties from Daybreak Interlude alone. When a cut of those royalties for a wide variety of entities is taken, what is left to split between the members? Taking into account that Soma Saito, Wataru, Hatano and Takuya Sato are credited as the performers, they take 10% of the royalties, which is to mean $490 or €450. Euros. Each member gets $163 or €150 Euros in royalties. This is not much, but at least is more than most Seiyu artists and other 2D groups are making. You make with pride. You make have quite the reputation as singer-songwriters. Kento Ito composes all the songs for the duo, 
whereas Yoshiki Nakajima writes lyrics to all their songs. This dynamic has made it possible for the duo to save quite a lot of money in production and retain a lot of money plus own a wide variety of royalties over their music. Pride is a song that I have taken an instant liking to it. I've arrived really late to this song, only reviewing it this year, and the album was released in 2020, but it stood out for its production value and the awesome solo performance by Yoshiki Nakajima, Seiyu that I admire a whole lot. Yumeik are signed to Artsonic, which is an indie or minor music label. What is the advantage of being in a minor music label? They take less money in royalties off of the earnings an artist makes. What does that mean? You make write and compose their music. Usually, if they were part of a major music label, they would earn around 15% or 18% of royalties. Being part of a minor music label, almost on an indie capacity, makes it possible for them to earn 50% or more in royalties off of their music. Crazy, isn't it? Let's see how Pride, song with lyrics and performance by Yoshiki Nakajima, plus composition by Kento Ito, fared on Spotify and YouTube. A bit over 26,000 streams on Spotify and a bit under 14,000 views on YouTube. These are, of course, small streams and views numbers. Usually, for an artist part of a major music label, these would be peanuts and a sign that their music was not that popular. However, you make RSAU units signed to a minor music label, with less exposure and budget. So these are positive numbers for them. How much money could Pride have earned them so far on Spotify? Around $105 or 97 euros. And on YouTube, around $25 or 22 euros. $75 and 60 euros is their 50% take on the royalties. And you split those in two, assuming the royalties are split 50-50 between Yoshiki Nakajima and Kento Ito. Each one of them gets $38 or 30 euros in royalties off of Pride. That's not enough money to even pay for the electricity bill for the studio you make use to record this song. Of course, these earnings can improve with time, but seriously? 30 euros of royalties? Sounds ridiculous, but yeah, streaming revenue is like this, even if the artist is part of a minor or indie music label. If you think these are ridiculous royalties, imagine if you make were signed to a major music label. They would get less than $25 or 17 euros in royalties to split between each other. Peanuts, my friends. Peanuts. As you can tell, if musicians and especially Seiyu artists relied only on music streaming, many wouldn't even have money to pay their rent. Music streaming, although something that made our life easier, hasn't contributed that much to improving the earnings that artists have. 
that's the truth. This analysis was made only taking into account the money that CU artists earn that is in a way influenced by us, international fans. It is not known how much Japanese music streaming platforms like Line Music or Rekushoku pay their artists, so it is impossible for me to dive and explore that side in more detail. And remember, the music industry has a lot of players and rights holders, and in the middle of all that, there's a lot of money that will go into paying those people. When the royalties arrive to the hands of the Seiyu artist, it is usually around 10% of the gross earnings that that song was making. Singer-songwriters can earn between 15% and 18% of the royalties, but even those percentages on streaming royalties are peanuts. In CDs, those can be massive. On streams, not so much. I hope this episode made it clear to you why people should, if possible, purchase the music that your favorite CU artists and 2D groups release. The money earned from streaming is not enough to even purchase a professional guitar, much less to help Seiyu artists pay their rent or even make up for all the effort they put on their music. Of course, if you purchase digital releases on platforms such as Ototoy, uh, that provide official digital releases of 2D groups and Seiyu artists' music, you're contributing for that CU or 2D project's earnings to rise a whole lot. Remember, if you stream music, the artist receives less money for their royalties than they get from selling digital releases or physical CDs. If purchasing physical CDs is impossible to you, you always have the option of purchasing the digital versions that despite being less expensive, still give Seiyu artists a lot of money back for their music. Streaming is, indeed, something that made our lives as music listeners and fans of Seiyu much easier, but it is far from being an alternative for Seiyu in terms of royalties they get from there. It complements their earnings, but they can't live off of those alone they would be better off not even being in the music industry. Now tell me, are you the type of person that streams music or do you purchase digital or physical CDs? Let me know in the comments below and remember, leave your comments as complex or as simple as they may be and you can be featured on upcoming episodes of Seiyu Lounge. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss the hand that feeds HQ's weekly mail CU and music-related content, hit the subscribe button. I'll return next week with another episode of CU Lounge. Thank you for listening and see you guys around.